So on the restraint side, do you like being still part or do you like struggling part? Ooh, good question. I'm not sure. I'll let you know. Huh? homework. Sexy homework. I know. I'm not sure, actually. It's just hot. Welcome to Two Hot Wives, a podcast where two friends in open marriages explore the exciting world of unconventional sex. Hotties. I'm Kat. And I'm Ams. And we're the two hot wives. Tonight we're talking about bondage. And BDSM isn't really my thing, kinda. But you've mentioned in the past that restraints is something you've thought about for a long Mm -hmm. time. I like that we're breaking it down. Like I feel like we're breaking down BDSM into its different components and exploring each one separately, which works for me. Yeah. Although there's definitely overlap in oh, a yeah. lot of these different issues. But, Absolutely. But I, I think it, it makes sense. And I, I think it's one of those fetishes or fantasies that is really, really common and also really accessible to people. And I think a little hard to talk about. Yes. Right? It's a little hard to tell your partner like, okay, I want you to tie me up. <laughs> right. And then I want you to touch me with all these cool little implements and, you know, floggers and feathers and whatever it is that you want. I mean, that's hard to ask for. I I agree. If you have a fantasy that involves any kind of submission, it's hard to figure, like, when do you explain what you're looking for to your partner? Mm Because if you have to do it in the moment, it really kind of kills the experience. Right. Yeah. it, It sort of stops everything. And then you have to have a real conversation. Yes. So tonight we are talking about bondage what it is, how you could set it up. And we got some absolutely fantastic advice from Kayla Lords. Um, she is the co-host of Loving BDSM, and she schooled us quite a lot. She's really great. <laughs> In all things bondage. Yeah. yeah. But before we get into it, Kat, what are we drinking? We are drinking uh, Summer Brazilian, mm-hmm. the Summer Brazilian. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, it's a takeoff of Caipirinha. Yeah. You know, it's the Kasasha with blood orange liqueur, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, pineapples and strawberries, all muddled with lime as well and yeah. sugar. And it's all alcohol. It is a lot of alcohol. It's also yeah. a lot of fiber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you need some fiber in your diet, well, it's a summer Brazilian. It That's almost how we'll... looks healthy, right? Like it's got like the strawberries and the, the pineapple mm-hmm. and it's just muddled in there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a, you almost need a spoon to. Yeah. I think next time I'm going to filter it just a little just bit Just a more. smidge. Yeah. But it's tasty. It's yummy. really, really good. It's, it's pretty. But don't forget the lime. You need that. Oh balance. yeah. You have to have the acid. Yeah. There's a little acid in the pineapple, but it's not enough. It's still too sweet. I agree. The pineapple is sweet. And a, and a little bit of, of sugar. Kasasha. Is that Kasasha? It? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's like a rum, right? But it mm-hmm. has almost a, I don't know, like a vodka-y rubbing alcohol taste, like a little bit to it. Well, rum is from molasses. Right. And Kasasha is from sugarcane oh. before it's molasses. Got it. So it's, it's, a bit I actually like think greener. of it as lighter. Yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as, uh, yeah, like cloying, but it, it has that sort of like green, almost bittery taste to yes. it. So it's good to have a little sour. Yeah. Awesome. And with our cocktails, we need some hot tails. 
Okay, Ams, you're up for the hot tail tonight. Yes. So my hot tail actually happened last night. <gasps> I have christened it. That's so fresh. I know. It's I like, like it. right in my head. I haven't <laughs> made notes on it because I'm like uh, yeah. still processing the experience. Um, I didn't even know you guys had a date last night. We didn't. Oh. This is a fantasy threesome between oh. me and Mr. Ams and Peloton instructor <gasps> Dennis Morton. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which... Um, it's a virtual hot tail? It's, yeah. So for the record, I have not had sex with Peloton instructor Dennis Morton. Does he know you have a thing for him? I don't know. Oh my God. I, I, we're going to have to, we're going to have to message him and make sure he hears this. Uh, that he knows this. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. So he is kind of currently my celebrity crush. And have you seen Dennis no. Morton? Okay. <laughs> so imagine, if you will, a soap opera version of a Republican congressman Yummy. Who's like secretly, not so secretly into Eastern philosophy and and yoga and reggae. And they all are. Yeah, I think maybe. I think they are all that hidden, you know, stuff. Yeah. Behind the scenes. And I, I, I love, he's got like a very calm, calming voice and, and very sort of clean cut looking guy. Mm. And I just want to get so dirty you with him. You just want to defile him. I do. I want Mess to him defile up a little bit. him. Yeah, <laughs> I love so it. He's got like this like great like haircut and I just want to like mess, mess up him his up. hair. Yeah. So, so he was in your my my fantasy, fantasy threesome. threesome. I love this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell me. So one of the ways I really like to unwind after work is like happy hour yoga. Mm-hmm. So I will go downstairs. Happy hour yoga as opposed to like a real happy hour. Well, alcohol. sometimes it also like involves that. alcohol, but mostly it just <laughs> involves yoga. Okay. And so it'll be like 5, 5.30 at night. And I have a little spot in my basement where I do my workout where my Peloton is. And I have like hue light strips, actually light bulbs. So I can get the lights going. So you got the whole mood thing I going. Do. I even, and this is like such cultural appropriation. I even have a little Buddha with a little <laughs> light, like a little tea candle. Bringing you peace and yeah, tranquility. I just, it's like, it gives me, it's called a drishti, like where you can focus if you're balancing. If you're doing balancing poses, you need something to look at. So I'll look at my Buddha or I'll look okay. at my candle. And I, if I've worked out that day, then my happy hour yoga is like, beginner, juicy, slow flow mm-hmm. kind of like yoga. Like down. Like, yeah, it's it's not about pushing my body really hard. It's about yummy, juicy stretches. Like and, restorative. Yeah, it, well, it can be restorative or slow flow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love it as a way to switch gears. Okay, so let's get to the hot part. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave Mr. Ams a look at about five and we were going to have some some early in the evening sex because we actually had plans mm-hmm. separately. I had book club and he was going to like a kinkster meet and greet. So I, I saw the message. Hey, Ams has got book club tonight. Anybody want to come with me to a meet? Yes. Yes. So we had separate plans, but that wasn't until like 730 at night. And uh, I'm like, yeah, we can have sex, but I want to do yoga first. And he went out he went up to do some work and I went downstairs to do some yoga. So I've got my lights going. I've got Dennis Morton like whispering different postures in my ear, figuratively speaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Ams comes down. He's like, I finished work. Let's go upstairs. And I'm in the middle of yoga, but I kind of get into my head. I want to do it like right here in the basement. Wait, tell me again where the kids are. Upstairs somewhere. Oh, oh. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. But oh. I was like, all right, shut the door. <laughs> That's right, because it is a separate. It's like a little well, it utility. Is, it does space. have a separate little room. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. He's like, okay, I'm game, and he like shuts the door, and I I was in happy baby pose, which if anybody knows what happy baby pose is, it's literally lying on your back with your legs up in the air, <laughs> like. It's like straddle position, you know, it's yeah. like the view that he got when he was walking in the room was, was basically me holding my, like spreading my legs yes. out. But uh, he's like, oh, okay, I'll come in. I'll, you know, I wanted to like make out a little bit on my yoga mat with Dennis Morton in the background. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets down on the mat with me and he's kissing me and we're like rubbing up against each other. And I'm like, this is so hot. This is so hot. And you're looking at Dennis. Dad, I'm looking at Dennis. Well, I'm, I'm more just listening to the dulcet okay. tones of Dennis Morton in the background. But eventually Mr. Ams was like, I'm just kind of cold down here in the basement. And you know, guys, they do oh, not like they to don't be like cold. The cold. Mm-hmm. There's like shrinkage that happens. They are not interested in the cold. I'm like, okay, well, let me finish. I've got like 15 minutes of yoga left. Let me finish my yoga. You go upstairs and take a shower. And so I'm doing yoga, but I'm thinking about how in just a few minutes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have some awesome sex upstairs. So I'm doing all my postures and I'm like, you know, just anticipating that I'm going to go upstairs and have awesome frenetic sex with Mr. Ann's. And I did another five minutes or so. And then I paused it because I, I, I didn't want to do the whole 14 minutes. Okay. We didn't have a lot of time. He doesn't take a long shower. No. (laughs) And and I went upstairs and he's like, I've been waiting for you. And I said, well, I told you to go take a shower. Fine. Miscommunication. We're like back on track. We're going to take a shower together. Oh, that's nice. And I like playing in the shower, but Mr. Amps. Because it's all clean. It's Yes. (laughs) I like that it's all clean. Um, And I like, you know, just like rubbing each other down and Mm -hmm. touching each other. Mm -hmm. So we we were playing in the shower a little bit. And I'm, you know, still like channeling all this yummy yoga energy and thinking that Dennis is downstairs waiting for me. (laughs) I was like in the back of my head the whole time. I love it. Yeah. So we we had a little fun in the shower. I'm rubbing him down, you know, like getting him all hard and turned on. And then we leave the shower, get onto the bed. And I've got like chill, sexy yoga is my playlist for what I'm feeling kind of spiritual, mm-hmm. Eastern, sexy. So no Dennis actually talking to you in the background. No, I, I left him downstairs. Okay. But um, he was there in spirit. He was there in spirit. And there's some. You didn't accidentally like scream out his name or anything. I did not. But I might have been thinking about him (laughs) in the back of my mind. And, you know, afternoon sex is it's nice in that you're very present. You're not sleepy. You're You're not intoxicated, you know, and it had to be like relatively quick. Right. Both have plants. But I'm thinking I'm excited by the idea of getting Mr. Ams to finish in me and then going back downstairs and doing yoga. Like, I really... You slutty girl. I know. <laughs> it's like... I, oh, man. And so... Wait a second. Wait a second. You don't like... You're, yeah, okay. So... <laughs> so were you going to... Wait, what? <laughs> were you going to clean up? No, you were not going to clean up. I was up. not You wanted to go up. down with all your mess and think about Dennis and finish your yoga. Yes, Yes. Who are you and I what have you know. done with my friend Amps? That's not... <laughs> I know. It's not my thing. I know, but I'm kind of liking it. All right. Was, well, so Mr. Amps had said that he was talking to another couple 
And it was like a hot wife scenario where the couple wanted the experienced third Mm -hmm. to come like all over her. And then she was not going to clean up. She was going to come home and and have sex. clean her up. Right. With her husband. And Mr. M said, that sounds like something you'd be into. And I was like, do you know me? (laughs) It's like, all this come over me? Like, I I Well, whatever happened to dick management? Was Mr. Ams not planning to play that night? Well, so I I grabbed him and I'm like stroking you're him. You're not letting him get And away. I said, I think that you should come before you go to this meet and greet. I think you're going to enjoy it more. So you have your head about you. Exactly. Like I'm thinking, it. isn't it, was it like something about Mary, how yes. that you have to like yes. come before you go on a big date so right. that you're not preoccupied about it? So I thought I was kind of doing him a favor. Turns out he actually might have like, been able to line something up that night and, and the fact that he had several come. hours though in between he probably could have done it again his no? refractory period is more super long is long yeah is long. okay yeah i do know that <laughs> but i like i i really thought i was doing him a favor i felt like he shouldn't go in like fully loaded right to this new meet and greet and be like, and it was a kingster meet and be meet like and a horn dog, like, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like lifestyle people who go to kingster events are like messy little Labrador <laughs> puppies. Yes. And they want to touch people right. and they want to be like so enthusiastic and stuff. And kingsters you, you are like, going calm. don't, yeah, don't touch me. We have to like negotiate our scenes. And, and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to give him calmness and, and like, you know, take the devil out of You are such a giver. I'm such a giver. You are. Yes. But in the middle of it, I'm thinking, (laughs) like, I really want him to come inside me. And then I'm going to put my workout clothes back on and finish with Dennis Morton. And you're not going to go to the bathroom or clean up or anything. That's right. Who are you? I, I, you know. What came over you? I just was like super turned on by this idea that I we, love it. I love it. Yes. Because that's what we're doing, right? Kind of mm-hmm. stepping just, out of our comfort just zone a little bit. trying something new, trying something different. All right. I didn't like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Of course you didn't. Of course you didn't. Yeah, it, but you tried it. But I tried it. Like, literally, it, as idea. I'm walking down the stairs, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, this is gross. But the idea of it kind of got you excited, it which totally is new. On. It totally turned me on. And then I'm getting... so. So we had great sex, like, but it was, it was fast. It was frenetic. It was like, I need to make you come before you go to this meet and greet. Dennis is waiting for me downstairs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I got to finish up with Dennis and you've got to go to this meet and greet. sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know it, but I oh. undress him with my eyes the whole time. We're going to have to call him. I know. Oh my God. Oof. We had sex. He came inside me. I put my my workout clothes back on. I went downstairs and I did my like warrior one, warrior two, peaceful warrior. And, and it, you know, things were kind of juicy um, down there. <laughs> I'm imagining like you're, you're it, yeah, dr- that, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> that part. Ams is at a loss for words. It, that part was a little underwhelming to uh-huh, be honest. Uh-huh. But the whole experience like I was Super not hot. done. And then Mr. Ams was gone. So I actually was texting with Mr. Cat last night uh-huh. and, and kind of like, should I blow off book club? Cause he mentioned he might be free, but I don't know <laughs> if he has plans. Like I was like ready for a third guy, right. like right, right now, right then. And I was very tempted to blow up all my plans just to like line up another experience. Cause I could have gone over and over and over wow. again. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the company, not so much. But yeah, like it's actually kind of fun to fantasize about someone else when you're having sex with your spouse. And I know that's like very taboo. A kind of celebrity. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a celebrity. I mean, he's, he's a Peloton celebrity for that's, those. That counts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a celebrity crush going on right now? I know you like Tom Hiddleston. I do. I do. <laughs> and I, I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. I, I like all of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Marvel girl. I yeah. love all the Marvel movies. I love all the, I, I love all of them. What's the name of the actor who plays Thor? Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Yummy. Super hot. Yummy. He has uh, a really hot brother too. They got all the all of them. Yeah. worth. They're hot. This good genetics. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Although I think my favorite is still Robert Downey Jr. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I like that character. Yes. I love the arrogance of it. Oh, I don't know why. It's sexy. It's so sexy. It yeah. is. I could absolutely spin up a really phenomenal fantasy with like all the Marvel superheroes. Oh my God, I could do all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I love no, those movies. That, they're great. I'm, I'm nerd yeah. when it comes to the Marvel yeah, stuff. speaking my language. Yeah. Okay. So that was my fantasy threesome. <laughs> and on the incredibly off chance that Peloton instructor Dennis Morton is listening... Like you can come to a meet and greet yeah. with us. I think you'd be very popular. <laughs> and, you know, if Ams, I can't believe I'm going to say this. If Ams gets to have fun with you, then I get to have fun with you, too. Okay. But I call dibs. I know. First. I know. you. you oh, can that's have, true. You haven't actually had him I have yet. not actually had him. All right. You can have dibs. Thank you. Of course I, you can. I call dibs. Of course. We do, you, have you noticed? Like, I, share. I feel like the sacred rule of dibs if I no seriously, no, like I'm if with you. you. Yes, identify someone, and then I get to go first. At you least had dibs. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I, 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 I totally agree. I do not violate the rule of dibs. I know. I know. Sorry, but, but I call dibs. Oh, uh, you got dibs on Peloton instructor Dennis Morton. So if you're out there, mm, yummy. I okay. wonder if he's single. I have no idea. But that is not a blocker for me. Not for us, as long as it's consensual. Right. Hmm. Okay. We so, need to spread the word I know. a little further. I know. Oh my God. Did you see that article <laughs> from Psychology Today saying that 32% of respondents yep. identified as their ideal friend? relationship would be ethical? Doesn't mean they're doing it. No, no, no. But they, they regard that as their ideal relationship style. That is one That's third of the population. Right. I thought it was a mistake at first because I know there was a, a survey that, that talked about threesomes, right. how many people had had a threesome. And they were, there were some people who were saying that that was uh, the equivalent of people who are in non-monogamy. I'm like, no, no. one experience doesn't make you right. ENM. You chop down one tree, you are right. not a lumber- That's lumberjack. Right. That's right. But no, this is 32% of respondents. Of a, yeah. 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 That's it's, awesome. It's a huge market. Welcome. <laughs> Maybe Dennis is in that group. <laughs> Let's yeah, cool off. And when we come back, we will talk all about bondage. And we're back. So, Kat, what the fuck is bondage? Well, I think bondage is any kind of sex fetish play that involves restraints. Yeah. 
I also think it includes sensory deprivation. Mm-hmm. Like eye shades or, yeah. yeah. Maybe earphones. Earphones it, or earplugs. Or earplugs. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because it's all kind of that mystical sort of, I am not in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am being controlled by someone else. Yes. It is also the B in BDSM, mm-hmm. bondage and discipline, dom and sub, sadism and masochism. masochism. Yeah. So it does fall under that umbrella of sort of kink mm-hmm. play or mm-hmm. fetish play. But I feel like it's very accessible to people. I do too. I I mean, we touched on this a minute ago, but I really feel like breaking down BDSM into its different components Mm -hmm. helps us to figure out what it is that we like. Yeah. Because, I mean, when we did impact play, not my favorite thing. Sure. Obviously. Yeah. And so I've come to realize that I don't have to like it. Sure. And it doesn't have to be a part of bondage. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. So I can experience bondage and set my rules for what I want to experience. Yeah, totally. I love it. Absolutely. Sex is like an awesome buffet. Buffet. (laughs) And you choose what you want. Right. You want the shrimp cocktail? You eat the shrimp cocktail, girl. Right. You don't have to eat the roast beef. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I like the shrimp cocktail. There you go. Yeah. So I do think bondage i think a bondage is a form of power play too yes. typically yeah because one person is dominant over mm-hmm. the other right mm-hmm. can't move your arms and legs you're pretty much at the mercy of the dominant one you're kind of powerless yeah. yeah absolutely and who do we think bondage is for is it just for kinksters? everyone it's for everybody it's for everyone yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but i think it's hard to talk about i think it's hard to ask for Mm-hmm. If you've not experienced, like for you and Mr. Ams, like you mm-hmm. guys decided to go to a dungeon. Mm-hmm. You decided mm-hmm. to explore it together. Yeah. We didn't do anything like that. And I don't know that a lot of couples, that that would be their first thing to do. Like, oh, let's go to a dungeon. But there's parts of BDSM that I think everyone could enjoy. And bondage is one of those things. I think more women want it than actually get to experience it. Yeah. Because they don't ask for ask it. Ask for it. Yeah, I definitely for Mr. Ams and I, bondage was one of the first sort of non-vanilla sex activities that we experimented with early, early in our marriage. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. got like the fuzzy handcuffs at the novelty store back when we were in our 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people play around with it, but have no idea how broad this category of play can be. Right. Yeah. So, Kat, why does bondage intrigue you? Well, this is one of those things that early on in my marriage, or maybe not super early on, but I wanted to experience, but I felt bashful about Mm. talking about it. Mm -hmm. And now that we're talking about things and we're we're exploring new things, I feel like I can ask for whatever I want. It's still a little hard to start that conversation because sometimes I'm not sure exactly what I want. Okay. But as I, I, as I dive in, I start to do some of the research. I start to find kind of the things that turn me on. I will say that I watch porn mm. and I look up bondage. I don't so much look up BDSM because mm-hmm. you can't unsee some of that stuff. I'm yeah. sorry. I know some I, people really love that. It, for sure. me, some of it's just not, some of it's just too much. But the bondage stuff is really sexy. It can be super sexy. It makes me think of like Betty Page stuff, which Mm. is like very 
classy, mm-hmm. retro kind of it. BDSM. I it's love sexy. it. It's really sexy. And mm-hmm. so I would watch some of that and see what it was about it that was turning me on because mm-hmm. it turns me on. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then some experiences that we've had where just with hands, someone's holding me down with their hands and I'm like, whoa, yeah. this is hot. Yes. I love it. And I didn't realize how much I really liked it. I, I like it a lot. And I don't like impact play. Right. Right. So I don't think I ever realized before that I could just pull it all apart. Sure. Do what I like. Absolutely. I don't have to do it all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I really am excited about the idea that I can enjoy BDSM mm-hmm. without the parts that I don't want. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. So do you, on the restraint side, do you like the being still part or do you like the struggling part? Oh, good question. I'm not sure. I'll let you know uh, after homework. Sexy homework. I know. I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> I, I, it's just hot. Yeah. How do I explain that? I don't know. My heart starts to pound and I start to like, I, I, I just, I go to another place. It's really exciting, mm. but I don't know what I like better. You know, I think about the impact play that we did and how I was sort of like the brat, the bratty mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when they started to tie me up a little bit, I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I liked that. And even though the experience at that time was a little different than what I expected, and we didn't follow through so much with everything because it was kind of, it was kind of going off the rails a little bit. Yeah. I don't think they knew what to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think they wanted to, to do anything that was going to, traumatize me. Sure, of course, anyway. of course. But now it's been a while, you know, and now we're starting to look at uh, restraints and I'm starting to pull things apart more and look at things in their own right instead of as a grouped activity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you make an excellent point. Like within the world of kink, you're not going to like everything. Right. Not You're not going to like electricity play or wax play or medical play, or you might, but you right. might, you're not going to like all of it, most likely. And even within restraints, I think there are different flavors of bondage that like, I absolutely hate having something in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I've tried a ball gag before. I hate it. Yeah. I don't think I want that either. No. That's going on my list. But I love eye shades. Right. I absolutely love blindfolds. So you can you know, mm-hmm. take or leave lots of different things within bondage. Maybe it's a good time to talk about like some of the different implements that mm-hmm. you could use. Maybe implements, not the right word, but the different types equipment equ- of equipment. There you mm-hmm. go. That you can use for restraints. Well, there's rope. Yep. Mm-hmm. And binders. Okay. And bondage tape, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. And shackles. Yeah. There's probably more, you know, like you can just be held down with someone's hands, hands, which is what I've experienced the most. Sure. Yeah. 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 Which that's lets right. me know that I'm going to like other things as well. That's, that's right. It like, for those of you listening, if you want to play around with the idea of restraints and you don't want to go to your local neighborhood sex store or Amazon, you can literally just play around with holding your partner down, arms above their head, arms behind their back, you know, knees holding apart legs. The single guy tied me up with his ties. Sure. Sure. And that was really hot. And I wasn't super restrained. Like I wasn't, 
I could wiggle around quite a bit, actually. And I didn't feel like I was stuck to the bed. Yeah. But that was really hot. Yeah. And the fact that it was his ties was was really hot. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a form of, I, I would count that in the rope category. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even, you know, if you're a sub, if you want to experience restraint from the the sub position, you can't like just the other day, random Wednesday night sex, my head was at the foot of the bed and I put my hands above my head and just grabbed the the footboard and held on. Like and pretended could, like and you pretended couldn't move. that I couldn't move. And that was hot. You know, like you don't need to so one of the challenges I've found with restraints is it can be really kludgy to like set it up mm-hmm. especially with ropes like right. i think shackles cuffs they're the easiest thing to set up right rope is a fucking pain in the ass well and i think that people think rope is the easiest thing because you can buy that at home depot but don't do that don't buy it at home depot because that's not good rope no for this kind of play yeah yeah so so let's talk a little bit about rope first of all i don't if you're a beginner i wouldn't do it it's just a lot of work. It's more dangerous. You can cut off circulation. Mm-hmm. But if it's something you want to play around with, there is shibari. Which I did. Mm-hmm. That's when right. When we went to the dungeon, mm-hmm. Mr. Cat and I did the shibari rope play. And I have to tell you, I don't know that I count that as like actual bondage play. I It is, but... I didn't find it all that sexy at the time. I found it took a long time. I was feeling impatient. It was pretty. Yeah. And if you're going to take pictures and put it in a photo album, I guess that that would be great. And, and, and I, it's an art really. I didn't feel turned on by it, but it could have been, you know, the setting, the context. It wasn't in a sexy context. I suppose if Mr. Cat wanted to do it like in a sexy hotel room and he was going to feed me strawberries or something. Yeah. You got to do something for me in between the time because. Have Netflix on in the background or something. (laughs) With Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Yes. (laughs) While I'm being tied up with Shibari rope. (laughs) Yeah. So Shibari rope tie is a, it's like Japanese bondage. Mm -hmm. It's very beautiful. It's very intricate, but it's like. Very time consuming. In our sexy buffet. This is like the sushi platter. It, you know, <laughs> it takes a lot of work. It's very pretty. It's not as satisfying. Maybe. I like it. Oh. I think it says sushi, sushi or shibari. Mm-hmm. Oh, now sushi. we're talking about sushi. <laughs> <sighs> Some of these positions, like I remember when they finally let me go, I couldn't move my arms for a while. Cause yeah. They have you, you know, constrained. Your arms are kind of in a weird position and my shoulders started to hurt yeah. a bit. Yeah. So. so mm-hmm. Shibari ropes are very, very soft. Hemp. Are they? Some of them are hemp. I feel like they're Mm. cotton. I feel like they're almost a cottony material. Maybe you're right. They're very, very soft to the touch. And they have a little bit of stretch to them, just Mm -hmm. a tiny little bit. So if you're going to play around with ropes, I would get shibari ropes. And I, you know, maybe you're a Boy Scout and you have some practice (laughs) doing like slip knots and double. But yeah, it's a a book. It's to me, Watch that's a YouTube more, video. It's more about exhibitionism mm-hmm. or like really dramatic visuals than it is about restraint right. during sex. That's why I'm saying it's like an art form. Yeah. You know, take a take some pictures. Be yeah. sure to take some pictures. Yeah. Because that's kind of cool. I think it's cool. But it's not like. I just don't. Sexy. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Not I, in the setting that we were in, but perhaps in yeah. a different setting. Yeah. With snacks. 
What's next? I'm Bridgerton. <laughs> I'm Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah. So that's like really its own category, mm-hmm. Shibari. Right. And I, you know, we do have ropes and we will use ropes as a way to connect cuffs to a wall mm-hmm. or cuffs to a, like we have a bar overhead or, or around the bed or something. But I think as a form of restraint, actually physically around the wrists, around mm-hmm. the ankles, I don't think it's great. No. Unless you know what you're doing. Right. So if you're a beginner, I would probably skip the ropes and go straight to the cuffs. Which I think is in the category of shackles, wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And that can be leather mm-hmm. or it can be like a soft, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a, a soft cloth. material. And it can be attached with like a buckle mm-hmm. or Velcro. Yeah. I think Velcro is the best idea. We have some really expensive leather cuffs and we have How some long really does it take? cheap, like, <laughs> To put those cloth on. Velcro cuffs. Right. And the leather is, it's, it feels it's like more substantial. And if what you're going for is, I really feel like I can't get out, like I want to feel like I cannot get out of this without my partner's help. Mm-hmm. I think leather is, is great for that. But yes, buckling them, especially if it's kind it's of a long dark, time. you've got like your mood lighting going. <laughs> you're like, give me a second. Yeah. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Oh, I don't find the hole. I can't yeah. find the hole. That can be a mood killer. Killer, for sure. If it takes a long time to set something up. And all of a sudden you're laughing because you can't seem to find the buckle mm-hmm. and you can't seem to find the hole to put the buckle in. Yeah. 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 So this may be something if you're a beginner to start with like the cheap ass stuff <laughs> and use the Velcro because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have the weight. It doesn't have the, but it is real fast on and off. Mm-hmm. So that might be a, a better tool for beginners in mm-hmm. the shackle category. Now, Binders I'm not so familiar with. So I looked this up and saw some pictures. And, and basically what it is, is like an entire sleeve on your mm-hmm. arm and, you know, on both of your arms that that bind your arms together as if you had one arm, mm-hmm. one long arm. And they do that with the legs mm-hmm. where you're wearing like an entire sort of like legging. Yeah. But, you know, without the top Stiff. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're really, really like stuck. Yeah. Not in a spread eagle kind of position, but all together. together. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's better saved for winter because I'm sitting, it's like. <laughs> Too hot. It's yes. Yes. So hot. Yes. <laughs> um, Two binders in a well air conditioned area. That's right. Get, get your AC going at like 60 mm-hmm. degrees if you're going to do binders. I didn't even know binders were a thing until we started researching this. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have one. I've never, and we got a lot of stuff here. So that's, that's I feel cool. like we could turn our, our boots into binders. Oh, yeah. Right. I think you totally could. Because we've do got that. these long, you know, thigh high patent leather boots mm-hmm. and they've got, at least mine have lots of straps and zippers. And it seems like, you know, with a little ties, little zip ties or rope or something, you could tie them all together. Yeah. So you don't even have to go get new equipment for that. Yeah. Well, those zip ties are pretty evil. I've yeah, but they wouldn't touch my skin. Times. Yeah. If they're, if they're over, over the, boots. Yeah. Over the boots. And then bondage tape is kind of fun. I like bondage tape. This it, is one of my favorites. Yeah. It sticks. It doesn't itself. have any kind of adhesive. It just sticks to itself. Right. So mm. it doesn't stick to your, your skin. No, but they say you have to be careful with like candles and stuff like that because. The, oh, I could, it could yeah. melt. Yeah, yeah. I think it has a really low melting point probably. Yeah. You could hurt yourself with it yeah. very easily. Well, but any of these things you could cut off circulation. Right. right. So you got to be careful about. So that. if you tie the bondage tape around your wrist, for instance, and then you tie it like around a bedpost, 
Mm-hmm. Then you have to come back to the wrist for it to stick onto itself. Yes, that's Because right. it's not going to stick to the bedpost. No, 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 no. You wrap it around and it sticks to itself almost like a medical tape, although that has some adhesion to it. But like mm-hmm. it's it just sticks to itself. It doesn't stick it's to your skin. It's weird how it does and that. And it's it's pretty shiny it's, black. It's, it's visually it's appealing. Cool. Yeah. And the other... You know, not on this list, but I think fits within the category of bondage is like spreader bars and, mm-hmm. you know, different apparatus that you can attach restraints to. Like the sex chair is a form of bondage, I think, if you... God, we got to get that sex chair out. I know. We haven't. It's, got, it's it, collecting dust. It's hilarious because it's sitting upright. Like mm-hmm. it's not even on the floor. No. No, we need to we need to get that out and use that. Maybe that's some of our homework. Sexy homework. Yeah, is the know. is the sex chair? Yeah, could maybe. Be. Yeah. Well, so why don't we bring Kayla into the conversation? Because I think her insights on bondage were She's amazing, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So let's bring her in. Today we have with us Kayla Lords from Loving BDSM Podcast, a very popular podcast on BDSM. Welcome, Kayla. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I got a chance to check out Loving BDSM a couple of months ago, and you guys just cover so much more than the basics of BDSM mm-hmm. and, and kink community. So thanks for that. Thanks for being a phenomenal resource out there. I really enjoyed your how-to bonus content Mm -hmm. where you kind of dive into, you know, the newbie side of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because we find that in our podcast episodes, we have really nuanced conversations about sort of the small things in a relationship that are important, but newbies will come to us and go, yeah, but how do I actually get started? What Mm -hmm. do I do first? And it's like, okay, let's back up a little bit and get you to the point where these other conversations make more sense sense. and are more relevant. Mm -hmm. So what is BDSM and why do people find it so fun and arousing? BDSM is huge. So the letters all stand for something. There's bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism. Now, within all of those words, there's a lot. And everything that you can do within BDSM is then on a spectrum from a little bit to really intense, even extremely risky. So that includes things like in the word bondage right there, tying people up, tying people down, getting wrapped up in rope. There's power exchange relationships where one person is in control and the other person gives up some level of control. We've got spankings. Hair pulling can be part of kink and BDSM, depending on how you play and the context. Wax play, humiliation play, praise kinks, like anything that you can imagine where one person either takes charge, takes control, or gives a sensation or experience, and the other person is on the other side where they're receiving the experience or the sensation or they're giving up some level of power and control to the other person, it can probably be classified as BDSM. It's almost anything that you can think of that's not the stereotypical, we're having penetrative penis and vagina missionary sex 
And even then I've had experiences where I'd go, yes, this was very kinky because I know exactly who was in control here. And it was not me. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. So I know that for a lot of people, they explore couples in particular, they explore BDSM in the comfort of their own home with nobody else. But can you share with us some of your experience in the larger BDSM scene, the larger community? You know, what, what kind of people would you meet if you went out and explored the BDSM? BDSM community? You will literally meet every kind of human being that is already out there. They, Everybody you meet should be a legal adult because while absolutely the underage set can figure out their kinky, these are definitely legal adult spaces. So whatever the legal age is in your state or your country, sure, that's a that needs to be a given. But beyond that, it's everybody. The kink community is a cross-section of humanity. So we joke amongst our friends and our online community that there are a lot of teachers, there are a lot of doctors, (laughs) there are a lot of care providers, but anybody and everybody. The nice thing about that, it means that it's not just what people do for a living. It's not just your age, anywhere from 18 up to, we've watched people seen in a dungeon who were easily in their 70s or 80s, but it's also every body type, every race, every ethnicity, every religion, everybody. Now, once you get into what what that means to sort of be in the community and the scene, that also can look like a lot of different things. The most common thing I think a lot of people think of, if they're even aware, are play parties and BDSM dungeons, because that's kind of the fun stuff where somebody's taking their clothes off and somebody's getting kinky where others can watch. But there are also meetups and community events and what we call munches, which are meetups in van- typically in vanilla spaces where you come in your vanilla day clothes and you aren't really talking about kink, but you know that everybody there is kinky. So mm-hmm. if it comes out in conversation, it's not anything to hide. It's not anything to worry that somebody who doesn't need to know that information will find it. We're all kinky here. <laughs> um, and those kinds of spaces, because they tend to happen in a van- what we call a vanilla location, a restaurant, a bar, a coffee shop, wherever, they we play by Vegas rules. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So <laughs> if you talk about it at the munch, you don't bring it up again later. <laughs> I get people who ask questions or like, I just saw a coworker go into this kink space. What do I do? I'm like, you act like you don't know that they're kinky once you get back to work. That's what you do. <laughs> Vegas rules. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, BDSM is a cross-section of humanity and it's not all leather and latex and getting naked, although mm-hmm. that is a, a big part and that's that, a fun that part. That sure but. is fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the draw for most of us, but it's it's having coffee or eating a hamburger and talking about what you did last weekend or you know what your kids are doing or whatever. It's real life. Sounds a lot like, like us. Like the lifestyle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you want to get into leather and lace and whips and chains, where do you do that? Where does, where does BDSM play take place? A lot of us don't have all that stuff in our house. We don't have a secret. We don't have, we don't all have a secret playroom like Am's. (laughs) I I don't have a secret playroom either. (laughs) It's so sad. sad. It's so sad. You can start it at home and you can start it online. BDSM does not necessarily require a lot of equipment. A lot of people start with what they have in their house already. Are you into impact play? Well, go get that wooden spoon out of your kitchen. I had a great wooden spoon. It was excellent for stirring. It now lives in our toy bag. My partner. We have a spatula. 
right here in our playroom. Exactly. And and a lot of people worry that they don't have the gear. They don't have a St. Andrew's cross. They don't have a spanking bench. Those are fun things to play with if those are your kinks, but they are absolutely not required because so much of BDSM is about power and control and how people play with that on top of sensations that they experience. If let's say you're like, I I'm submissive in a, a DS relationship, a power exchange relationship. My partner can just speak to me and we're in a kink scene and we have not left our home. We have not left our bedroom. We have no special equipment. Now, if you want to play with the more specialized equipment, my favorite thing is a St. Andrew's cross. Mm -hmm. It's an X and you get hooked to it either by your wrists and or your ankles depends on what kind of equipment and how it's made. And I get flogged on it. I get whipped on it. I get paddled on it. It is my favorite thing. (laughs) I have two kids, a dog and two cats and not a St. Andrew's cross in my house, nor a special red room or anything like that. We then go, when it's available to us, we go to a BDSM dungeon. Now, not every town will have one of these. Not even every major area might. Major metro areas, big city areas tend to have a pretty vibrant kink community. Um, To find those spaces, if that's the kind of experience you want with equipment you don't have, the most common place we tell people to go is FetLife. FetLife Mm -hmm. is the online social media platform for kinksters. Um, A lot of people go to FetLife and then find that they have a bad experience because creepers abound on every platform but it's a great tool for finding what kind of kink things are in your region your area your state wherever you're willing to travel Uh, an alternative that many areas have if they don't necessarily have a dungeon or maybe it's cost prohibitive for them to go because there are usually fees to enter is there might be a play party and those are usually done with people who are happy to host in their own home or a space they own And then it's personal invites. It's not open to just anybody who could find them on FetLife. And that is another alternative. What we did as a couple, as a kinky couple, was we figured out the dungeons we were willing to go to. And we maybe get to a dungeon pre-pandemic two or three times a year, maybe four or five. Since COVID, thanks COVID, I have not (laughs) been to one. It is very sad. So then we also supplement that with gear we can buy from online stores and there are sex toy shops that you can buy stuff from kink stuff is if it's not their specialty the kink toys are not always great Uh, but then there are online kink stores where you can purchase your gear and equipment so you can have your own little spice at home without having to go anywhere so there's a lot of opportunity in person at home online there's a lot of fantasy kink play that happens with people who will never step foot in the same room they might be doing it through dms maybe they'll do voice stuff or video stuff but not always it can it can be just in the dms and they're having a, a whole scene that's going on in their imaginations and whatever they're doing to themselves at home and it feels real to them so there are as many ways to play as there are people who want to engage in it I love the in-person aspect. I discovered that I was an exhibitionist by playing in dungeons. I'm like, oh, yes, you can watch me get spanked. That is hot. (laughs) I don't want to be I don't want to be watched in other scenarios. But at the dungeon, I'm here for it. I'm like, I'm not wearing clothes. I'm strapped to something. Let's have fun for 45 minutes. I'll be the show. It's fine. You can definitely do more than you realize at home without all the big fancy equipment or a special room. 
you just then have to think about, do you have kids or other roommates or anybody who can hear you that you don't want to have the awkward conversation with? Um, <laughs> and that that's a whole other thing to deal with. But yeah, no, technically no special equipment required. Yeah. So it's interesting. You talked about like virtual play scenes. Is that something that came out of COVID or has that always been around? Since the dawn of the internet, yes. virtual play has definitely occurred. My partner, John Brownstone, his first real BDSM experience was in the old chat rooms of the late 90s. Like wow. <laughs> Before the dawn of the internet, the way kinksters found one another typically was actually in um, advertisements taken out in magazines and classified ads where you would kind of know the language or you would know what to read and you'd find the parties or find the meetups. With the internet, it was the chat rooms and the forums and the boards and all of that. And once those developed, people started finding, I mean, virtual online sex is as old as the internet. So the moment people could chat, they would start talking about their fantasies. And it's over the past several decades now where it's morphed and it's a lot more sophisticated than it used to be. And there's obviously a lot more tools. I think I would imagine that during the time of COVID uh, virtual BDSM probably had a resurgence because it was harder to get into physical spaces, but it's always been there. There are a lot of people who they'll consider themselves kinksters for years and it's all online and it's all talking to people before they mm. ever have their first in-person air quote real life experience with somebody. Now, is it the same as being in a physical relationship with another human being? No, it, it will never be because it get, a lot of it gets to be fantasy and very controlled but it is still a real experience where they are at least getting to have the experience of either being in control or giving up control in whatever way that means for them. And it's real to them. So to me, it counts, but sure. Hmm. Sure. sure. Mm -hmm. So do couples usually play together as a couple or is it, do they share partners like in ethical non-monogamy or how it, do they do that? It is most often, unless you already know that you are non-monogamous, whether that's a polyamorous side or just sort of an open side of things, most people start with their monogamous relationships or with a single partner. The fantasy is often of maybe sharing. And some people like the idea of the fantasy and will never act on it. It's just part of a little role play thing they might do. And then others, as they open up and are willing to explore the world of BDSM and kink, they open up to the idea of something outside of the tradition of monogamy. And so they might become monogamish. They might open up completely. Who knows? There's no standard and there's not even really, there has become a stereotype where, oh, everybody in BDSM is poly. That is in no way true. Sure. It's growing in popularity. People are more willing to talk about it or at least entertain the idea and explore it. But there's no requirement. I would say that most, most couples I personally know, there's not even sharing going on. There may be that they open up and they invite somebody into a scene that can definitely happen. That is negotiated just like any other kind of scene should be negotiated. It's probably more complex because now you're dealing with extra people, but there's no, 
there's no standard that, oh, this is what you do. And, and this is like the progression of how your BDSM experience will occur. Uh, a lot of people, depends on the community that you're around and the people you're around and where you live. I know some people who say, well, every time I go out to the, the dungeon, it seems like everybody's poly or everybody's open and everybody's, you know, sharing or swapping or whatever. And then I'll find other people in different communities, completely different parts of the country who are like, oh, we don't, we don't have open relationships, poly people here. They're all monogamous. And typically I learn about that because the person saying it to me, it feels like the odd person out, like they're mm-hmm. poly or they're open and no, their whole community is, is monogamous or vice versa. So it's more common than you're going to find in a non-kinky environment, sure, but it's like every other part of humanity. Some people will be into it and some people will not. And either way is okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about restraints and, and bondage, right? It's the same concept. Do you prefer the term bondage or restraints? Um, from my perspective, I think of it in terms of bondage because that's the term that I'm most familiar with. Restraints are a part of bondage. So for a person who's maybe just exploring, they will probably just start with restraints anyway. Most people don't start with winding rope around another person or getting suspended from anything or any of the more complex parts, but bondage is sort of the term for all of it. Hmm. Got it. Okay. So, so tell us more about restraint play, what it is, how you would define it. The way I would define it, especially if we're going to say restraint play and not the blanket term bondage, you are then playing with being tied up, tied down, held down, um, being immobilized in some way that can be with sex or without sex. The, The point of restraint play would be that if you are the bottom in that situation, you are unable to move freely in a way you normally might. Mm -hmm. That can look like a lot of things that can be truly just stuck in one position and um, unable to do anything. Maybe your wrists are attached above your head and your ankles down at the bottom of a bed. Very frequently for new players, they're probably doing it in bed. They might be using a under the bed restraint system or something attached to a headboard and footboard of a bed. doesn't have to be, but that tends to be kind of common for, for people exploring. And sometimes you just truly cannot move. And that's the fun part. And sometimes you can move a little bit. And the fun part is the struggle because you have a little bit of movement, but you are absolutely prevented from total freedom. Um, when we play with the restraint play, that's how I like it. I want a little bit. I want to be able to move my arm, but not be able to complete that motion because that's when I'm reminded that I'm not in control anymore. Mm. <laughs> Being tied, the person who tied me up is in control. And that's what I'm here for. Whatever else we're doing while we play. So you mentioned rope. Mm-hmm. What other kinds of things do people use to to sort of act as restraints? The stereotype and the thing I do not recommend at all, but the stereotype are handcuffs. That's where a lot of people will start. Don't recommend those because they can get stuck and jammed. That's a, an embarrassing call to make to 911. <laughs> <laughs> the metal can also dig into your wrist and you can injure yourself in a way you don't intend to. But that's where some people start. What I like, and we still play with them, even though my husband is very well versed in rope, is an absolute rigor rope top is another Mm. uh, term for that. We like to use cuffs that the closure is either Velcro, which is great for adjusting due to a person's body size, or it's like a belt buckle. There's the little holes and you put the thing in and you, and then what happens is those cuffs then have 
O-rings or D-rings and you put clips on them and then you clip them wherever they can go, wherever you want the other Mm. person to be. And in whatever position, it gives you a lot more flexibility to put somebody in a position without necessarily having a bunch of skill as to how you're going to get them in that position. Yeah. I, I I find that the, the cuffs are just the easiest Mm is like restraints for dummies. (laughs) Exactly. It lets you cut through the process of getting tied up. Now for people who are into rope bondage, the process is part of the fun. My husband is one of those people. I like to be tied up. I Could I skip the part where you have to tie me up though? I'm yeah. bored. I'm fidgety. I get told a lot. I need you to sit still. <laughs> it's not going to work <laughs> if you keep moving. But with cuffs, you skip all of that and it's straight to the, okay, now you're restrained. What are we going to do now that you're restrained? Mm. So speaking of which, once a Dom or the top gets their partner into a restrained position, what are some of the types of play that people like to explore? Anything that feels good. So from personal experience, we play a lot with orgasm control. My partner is also a sadist, so he likes it when I'm in consensual pain. So will he take my wand massager, apply it to my clit and turn it up to like 10? Sure, (laughs) sure he will. Until I'm screaming, please stop, or I give our safe word or or however we're going to play that day. Um, Some people will actually just have sex in that position, penetrative or otherwise. I personally have been on the receiving end and the giving end of oral sex, but you can do things like wax play. You can do sensation play that's not about pain, but feathers and light touches and erotic massage and anything that feels good to both partners that you want to engage in that is accessible now that the body is sort of in that position, whether it's a nice spread eagle position where everything's accessible or even a hog tie position, which in that case, you do have to think of the submissive or the bottom's comfort because some positions can't be held for very long mm-hmm. and it stops being fun. If you get a cramp, you know, who wants to do that? Unless that's your thing. And some people will absolutely go, that's my thing. That is not my thing. Those, uh-huh. That's not the pain I want to experience. Uh, no, thank you. Like comfortable BDSM. Right, exactly. The, the discomfort needs to be from the activity that I've consented to, not because my body went, look, you're in your forties now and we don't like this anymore. You have yeah. to like stretch and hydrate now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, you can, anything that is something you both want to enjoy and your imagination can come up with, it's fair game at that point. So I am super new to all of this BDSM and restraints and all of this. If I want to explore this with my partner, what are some of the main, you know, basic rules that we need to discuss, things that we need to talk about to make sure that it that we're all good? So the first part of that is to talk about it. You don't get what you don't tell your partner you want. And that is usually the hardest part for a lot of people is just admitting to their partner, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. You want to talk about what you envision of like when you say bondage or you say restraint, what do you mean? And then you need to let your partner explain what they mean, because you could each be coming at it from completely opposite ends of what that play looks like. Once you're sort of on the same page with what you're both willing to do, uh, consent and negotiation in BDSM is you're looking for the Venn diagram. There's what you want. There's what the other person wants or is willing to do. And then you look for the overlap of Mm -hmm. where you meet in the middle and you go, yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. And the other person's like, yeah, I'm good with that too. Let's do this thing. So once you figure out what that looks like, then it's okay. Well, do we need equipment at all? Restraint and bondage 
is one of those that really technically doesn't need equipment. If your partner can hold your wrists down, my husband loves to do them right above my head on the bed. I'm just right. It is. (laughs) And I am just as restrained as if he'd put the leather cuffs that cost us like 60 bucks on my wrist. Right. I'm not going anywhere until he decides I can, or I, you know, tap out and go, okay, we're done with this. (laughs) But so, you know, you want to think about that. Like, what is this play going to look like? Is equipment required? If equipment is required, what skill level is needed? So like we talked about cuffs don't require anything. You need to be able to buckle something or Velcro straps or whatever. Rope require skill. Please do not tie somebody up until you've learned how to safely do it on your partner so you're not pinching nerves or cutting off circulation. That is another part of the conversation to have. What happens if your arm goes numb? What happens if you feel pins and needles? What happens if something hurts? So then the conversation is, okay, how do we stop things when uh, we need them to stop in a hurry, maybe in the middle of the scene? That's where you'll talk about safe words. Um, Safe words are a great tool, but they're not the end-all be-all. We recommend doms and tops using a check-in method. We use the traffic system method. My husband will go, give me a color. And I know because of previous conversations, if I say green, I'm like, aha, keep going. Do not stop. Yellow will mean kind of slow down, ease up on what you're doing. Sometimes that means checking in with a follow-up question of stop this thing or less pressure or whatever it might be. And then red means stop. So you can have the safe word, but it's very possible to be in the middle of that play as the bottom or the submissive and blank out and forget. Mm. Or if you're going to play with, let's say, gags and the inability to speak, well, a word is not going to help you. You need some other way to communicate. So that's going to be part of the conversation as well. A lot of people I talk to and hear from, they worry that by going into this kind of detail, especially if they're the bottom in a a scene like this, that they're going to give up a lot of spontaneity and the surprise of it. And what I like to remind people is you want to be surprised with the stuff you want, not with something that's an active turnoff. Nothing kills a mood more than having something happen to you that you actively hate and want to make stop immediately. The the thing with power play like this, where one person is the top or in, in our case, in my relationship, he's the dominant. He has a certain level of control in all of our interactions that I've agreed to and I consent to. He knows what my limits are and what my boundaries are. And that's sort of the fence line. Mm-hmm. Within that, it's like a it's like a pasture. Within that, he can pick from anything. And I don't have to know exactly what's going to happen. I just need to know we're not going to hit my boundaries. Hmm. So if you talk about, I, you know, I want to be restrained to the bed, spread eagled, and I want to be overwhelmed with pleasure. And pleasure for me is, you know, teasing my clit, pinching my nipples, dripping hot wax on me, like whatever, whatever, whatever. Your partner then has the freedom to kind of choose from that. Like it's a menu. Like here are the things I know they would like. They've said they would like to experience. I'll figure out what that is. And I'll play with that in an order that suits me that I think will work. Now then in the scene, you have to be willing to speak up if it's not working. And as the dom or the top to check in to make sure it's working, right? Like there's got to be a lot of powers of observation here as well. You need to be watching body language or listening to tone of voice and paying attention to what's happening. But, and these are all conversations you have before you ever get naked. 
Because that way, if you've had these conversations, when you go to play with restraints, you minimize the potential problems that can occur. And then hopefully everybody has a good time the whole way through. Yeah. So, so that's fantastic. These like foundational rules, talking about it ahead of time, setting up your safe words. But if you have a couple who they've never done anything, they're super excited, but they're like, I don't know what to do. What would be your recommendation for setting up like a nice, simple scene? Understanding that BDSM is not one size fits all, but Mm -hmm. you know, what would you like do this first and see if you like it? I would say if you're, if the idea of restraints intrigue you, start with something that does not require you to purchase anything or learn anything new, like equipment wise. So if you have the fantasy of being pinned down to the bed and unable to move, ask your partner to pin you down. One thing you might learn about yourself is that you either really love it or you really do not. Um, In my relationship, we learned in a weird way that was just, I, I came out of nowhere that if I'm pinned down in a certain way, I actually get, have a panic attack. Mm. I can't have too much weight on my chest during anything, but certainly not during restraint because my brain goes, Oh, you clearly cannot breathe anymore. You're now dying. It's time to panic. Um, that's a good thing to know before you get too deep and before you've spend a lot of time and money on equipment and learning how to do something. So start with a little bit of the fantasy that's kind of turning you on. If it's being unable to move during sex, tell your partner, hold me down, right? Until I tell you not to. Um, If it's the idea of just being sort of wide open for whatever pleasure your partner can provide for you, You can actually do that yourself without equipment. It just takes some self-control. You just hold your position in bed and go, okay, uh, I I love it when you eat me out. I'm going to try to not move while you do that. Mm -hmm. Hold my legs apart or, you know, pin my legs down or something and just see how you feel about it. Because if you go, oh yeah, that was fucking hot. Then you might go, okay, but I need help because I want to flail. Like I know me personally, you eat me out. I'm flailing. It's, it's a whole <laughs> body experience. So then you maybe graduate to cuffs and to something a little bit more. What's the word I want? Like worth the investment. Yeah. And more a little, I don't want to say complicated, but a little bit more complex. When you do want to buy, maybe you've moved on to the next step and you want to buy equipment. If you can find a good quality manufacturer and brand, a bondage set that includes multiple things is actually a great investment because then you get to play with different things in one purchase. Like maybe you spend $75, but you get cuffs and a flogger and a blindfold and a gag. And now you can find out, okay, do I like having my sight taken away as well? Do I like having something in my mouth to keep me from screaming? Hey, how do I feel about impact play? And you can gradually add on without constantly going back to the store going, okay, what do we need now? And it opens up possibilities for you. I like that. That's great. Are, are there some common mistakes that us newbies make that you can sort of help us with so we don't we don't go down that road? Uh, the biggest mistake I see is not thinking through your fantasy and then clearly talking about it. So a lot of people when they're new will go, I want to be tied up but they don't actually define what that means to them. Now, sometimes it's because they don't know. They've seen a thing in porn or they read a thing. That's a good place to start. Share that with your partner so they get the context of what 
you saw or read or heard that turned you on. But that is just the first step. And that's actually just the first step in the conversation. Like long before you really start doing any of this in depth, like get crystal clear on what it is you mean. So you don't have any nasty surprises once you're trying to do it. The other thing that a lot of newbies forget about or just aren't willing to do it. And it usually comes from maybe not having the best communication skills in their relationship yet is not being willing to speak up the moment something doesn't quite feel right. Mm -hmm. That's either in the conversation. They're like, Oh, you know, maybe you're on two different pages. You have this one idea and your partner's like, you said restraint. Let me tell you, I've got hemp rope. I've got jute rope. I'm going to get a suspension. Then you're like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I just wanted to be lashed to the bed. So I couldn't move. Right. (laughs) And what'll happen is people go through the conversations and they either don't speak up when something is a mismatch in the conversation but then they go, oh, well, I've said I'll do it. So I guess I'll go through with it. And then they don't have a great experience or you were on the same page in the conversation, but now you're naked and in bed and something goes horribly wrong. People are like, oh, but I don't want to ruin their good time or the mood. Oh, no, 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 no. It is always better to stop because one, you can start back up again. You can take a breather, figure out what's not working, adjust and start over. Or two, if you have to stop the whole session that you're having, stopping it before it becomes traumatic, dangerous, or injures you means you can play again another day after you've had another conversation or learned a new skill or tried a new toy or whatever it might be. And those tend to be the the two things. And it all comes down to communication. It seems to be the theme in everything that we explore. Communication, use your words, use your motherfucking words. Mm -hmm. Every time. Great advice. Okay. So we've talked to the newbies. What about uh, a listener, a couple listening in who is like advanced DS, any tips on how to like create a really intense or complex restraint experience, something you're like, everybody should try this once, if this is their thing. Um, The thing I found personally from going from the newbie stage to, okay, yeah, I've done that now. How do we make this better or more special or more advanced is to start adding sensations. So best practices when you start a new kink, start small, start slow, try that one restraint before you move to two, before you move to strange positions, whatever, whatever. Well, beyond that, once you've done that, it's like, okay, but what more do I do? Well, now we start combining kinks, assuming you have experience with the other kinks. And my relationship it's not just about bondage. There's going to be an, uh, an aspect of impact play. I'm, I'm getting hit with something consensually. There's going to be orgasm control, but it might be a painful kind because we play with sadism and masochism a lot. It might be a more elaborate role play scene. And now we're playing with degradation kink or praise kink. And there's a lot of words and we're adding layers to the experience that combine multiple things that feel good and hit a kink or multiple kinks on different levels. So that's one way to level up and and give yourself a mind-blowing scene that goes beyond those basics. The other thing that, especially when we're talking about restraints that I see a lot of people do, is they're like, okay, I'm good with leather cuffs and I'm good with Velcro. And hey, I've even tried bondage tape. Bondage tape is a great thing to, to play with if you like decorative bondage as well. Now they're ready for what they would consider something more advanced like rope bondage. And rope bondage please go to a workshop, watch a video, read a book. (laughs) There's, I'm not an expert, but there are so many safety hazards that can occur 
when bondage goes wrong. But that is another way more advanced players will start to level up. They'll start to improve on their existing skills and start learning new things and incorporating those into their play with a partner. Wow, that's a lot of great advice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel I, a little I love, overwhelmed. I love how you think about this. Well, it's and awesome. I I wouldn't have thought that rope play was such a big deal. I would have thought that that was something simple. Oh, it's just rope. Yeah. But your points about that are so valid. Valid. I love that that we got to know that because I would have been like out with the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, just tie my wrist to the bed and here right, we go. But right. that that knot that's too tight on the wrong pressure point and now you're you're going to a physical therapist to deal with something with your hand or your arm. So, so what are some resources that people can tap into for the information that you've talked about today? I hate, I hate to say this because it's not always the best place, but it is got the most to offer. FetLife can be a great resource. So FetLife is a resource to find your resources. It's great for finding in-person events. It's great for finding groups and communities in your, not just your local and regional area, but also that are specific to what you're interested in. So a lot of what we've talked about today has been bondage. There are a ton of bondage communities and groups in a place like FetLife. FetLife is not the only site like that out there. Off the top of my head, I can think of uh, two. One's called The Cage and the other is Fetish.com. They are not as big or as popular as FetLife, but they are alternatives. But that's just one way to find more information and to educate yourself. Wherever people gather, there will be kinksters. So you can actually find communities of like-minded people talking about whatever you might be into as a kink or in BDSM, you can find them on Facebook. Facebook has tons of secret groups. The hard part is finding them and getting in. People are on Instagram sharing their kinky life, Twitter, but there's also, I mean, a little bit of a plug podcast. Mine yes. is not yeah. the only podcast. <laughs> if you are an on audio listener and you like to learn by listening to people speak podcasts are a great option youtube there are are definitely kinksters on youtube that are talking about kink in all kinds of ways including specifics like rope bondage now outside of sites like fetlife those other spaces are less welcoming to kink and sexual content. So they can be harder to find and it won't always be as intense and as overt as if you went to maybe an in-person workshop where we know everybody here is of legal age. You know, the things we talk about on YouTube or show on YouTube, we have to censor ourselves a bit or you Mm -hmm. can't stay on YouTube, but the resources are everywhere. And for something like bondage or any other kink, there are also books. Whether you shop at Amazon or you shop somewhere else, you can find books about those things as well. So the resources are out there. The hard part is just finding them and finding the credible sources that are talking about things in a in a safe way that focuses on consent and communication. And if you're ever like curious, okay, is this a good resource for me? How much emphasis are they putting on being risk aware? on communicating your needs and on being present in the moment and trying to mitigate harm and risk. If the resources you're you're consuming to learn any part of kink are not addressing that, it's probably not a great resource mm-hmm. because they're not teaching you the stuff that they're teaching you the good stuff, put air quotes around that of what you want to know about and what you want to get into, but they're not telling you how to do it in a safe way. So everybody has a good time and yeah. is happy to be doing it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Now, I am sure our listeners would like to hear more from you, find you out in the metaverse somewhere. Tell us a little bit more about your podcast, your website. Where can people find you if they want to hear more? Absolutely. The best place to find everything we do is at our website, lovingbdsm.net. We link out to everything from there. The biggest thing we do, the thing we've been doing the longest since 2015, OMG, is our podcast. Our podcast focuses on having happy, healthy power exchange relationships. So we will talk about kinks and how to play, but we talk about how to actually live the dom-sub life in a realistic way when you still have to have a job and you still have to raise kids and you still have to pay taxes and do all of those other things. So yeah, lovingbdsm.net is our main website. Everything is there. We are kind of all over the place. So however people like to learn, we probably offer it. I love that. Well, Kayla, this was such a pleasure. You've given me a lot to think about in setting up my sexy Mm -hmm. homework. So thank Mm. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was really great to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. And I loved this conversation. And we're back. So now all we have left to do is talk about sexy homework. Yeah. What are you thinking? So one of the first fantasies that I remember having like way back in my 20s is it's so fucking cliche, but the idea of being restrained, spread eagle on the bed. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think it's cliche or maybe it is for a reason because it's super right, fucking sexy. It's super hot. Yeah. And I feel like most of the restraint play that I've done, mostly it's with Mr. Ams, mm-hmm. and he tends to do positions that are really closed in. Like he'll put my hands together in front of my body or he'll connect my wrists and my ankles together. Mm-hmm. And I feel really like like closed in or I'll even you want to be open right such a fucking Ooh. girl thing but like if I'm all like crunched in on myself and mm-hmm. like my sides <laughs> are getting rolls and stuff that doesn't seem that doesn't sexy. feel sexy I you. want like everything I want to work the angles uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like if I'm like spread eagle with an like eye shade on and he just like does all that like a little bit of like orgasm edging play mm-hmm. would be really, really, really hot. hot. Just with Mr. Ams? So it's interesting that you say that because we've talked about the idea of like being tied down to the bed and blindfolded and like, I don't know who's coming in. That's my homework. That's your homework. That's kind of my homework. Oh my God. Because tell me more. I know. Well, well, we've known that this episode was coming up. Yeah. So Mr. Cat has been talking to Mr. Ams and the two of them are planning something for me in two days. Two, right. Yeah. So it's going to be the two of them. And I think they're bringing in a third. Wow. I know they're bringing in a third. Because <laughs> <laughs> they like asked me, because they asked me, you know, like for a list uh-huh. of who I would like. And then they picked someone. Okay. So Mr. Cat had a conversation. Anyway, um, I, I'm a little nervous, but they're talking about like restraints, mm-hmm. some bondage play, mm-hmm. 
and I'm excited. So I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do. Yeah. I am going to make a list of things I don't want. That's a good idea. Yep. That's so I like, you know, Mm -hmm. kink basics, right? Decide on your safe words. Yep. Um, make I, it's always best practice when it comes to kink is identify all the things that you want Want. to happen, not the list of the things that you don't want to happen. Well, I feel like I'm pretty open to most things, but there are a few things that I really don't Don't want. want. And so I think I have pretty, pretty black and white, Mm -hmm. you know, preferences. Right. So again, I'm going to say best practices Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to say like, the way I've typically experienced Well, and there's it. a little fun with a little mystery. Like, sure. I don't know what I don't know. Right. Maybe they're going to think of something that's super hot and it's not even in my head. It's not in your list. Yeah. So the example that I heard when I went to like Dungeon 101 and they gave the speech about, you know, you should have this like exhaustive list for mm-hmm. consent, all the things that you want to happen, not the things that you don't want to happen because- you know, if you didn't put on your list, I don't want to be punched in the stomach. Like that could happen, right? Again, I think yeah. if you're with partners who you know, who right. you trust, who have a good sense of. And actually, I don't think I would do this with a partner that I didn't trust sure. and, and wasn't familiar with. Yeah. I, I mean, the single guy, he was pretty bold to tie me up with his ties, but it was, it was pretty tame. Yeah. Like he tied my wrist to the same ankles. Yeah. And he, he was, he did ask me if it was okay. Yeah. I I would say I've gone into BDSM scenes and given a short list of the things I don't want to happen with a trusted partner and safe words. And I've never experienced things like you always have Mm -hmm. your safe words Mm -hmm. to rely on if something happens, but because we're trying to give like the best advice possible. The way list you're the things supposed you want. to do it right. is have like the the big broad list of things that you are interested in exploring. Well, I plan to do some of that, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm sure there are things that I'm not going to think of mm-hmm. that Mr. Cat mm-hmm. is going to want to do. And actually, he's already starting to talk to me about it. Cool. He's being very cool. He's he's you know whispering in my ear. Yeah. Like in the morning before he goes to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Oh, it's pretty sexy. Fine. I know. The anticipation of it is really exciting that's to a me. Huge part of it. I much prefer anticipation to surprise. Yeah. And that, I do think that's one aspect of restraint play that deserves a little love, a little attention mm-hmm. is that because it takes a while to set up, you really can build a high level of anticipation. And some of the hottest experiences I've had is when I get sort of tied up and then like my partner goes away for a couple of minutes. I'm like, where do they go? You know, when are they coming back? You know, that like Uh feeling like there is nothing I can do right now. It's a little tiny bit scary, but Mm -hmm. in a a sexy way. Sexy hot way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's my sexy homework. That's super sexy, girl. I know. Are I'm you really, nervous? I'm nervous. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But, you know, these are guys that I like that I've been with before. I trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, they're, they're all communicating with each other already. So I know it's going to be fine. I feel, I feel happy that they're like, they care enough about the experience for me Mm -hmm. that they're already talking about it and figuring out what they're going to do and what they're, you know, what I want and what I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. They're going to take good care of you. They are going to (laughs) rock. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to, yeah, it's going to be fun. I don't have words. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I will. Mind blown. And I will be thinking about you from 10,000 feet in the air flying away. Oh, wow. Have fun. You know what, though? What's really cool is once one of us experiences something. Oh, yeah. Break them in. We almost always get to (laughs) get to do it for the other person. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I cannot wait to hear you report back on that experience. Okay. Until then. So that's our show. Thanks for swinging by. And don't forget, you deserve great sex. Now go get some. If you love the Two Hot Wives podcast, be sure to subscribe. And if you really love the show, rate us or give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to sip through the strawberries it and the should... pineapple. I think we are going to have to give a spoon to this afterwards. Uh-huh. Or, like, floss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right my oh, I'm going to start serving these with floss. That's a great idea. <laughs> Just like a little garnish of, mm-hmm. like, a flossing stick. <laughs> here's your drink and here's your floss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. You ready? Mm-hmm.